All right, first an update in the NBA. Tyler Hero is not going to play tonight. He has a groin injury. So add another player to the injury list in the Eastern Conference. Tyler Hero out for game five. Everybody else for Miami, including Jimmy Butler, is planning to warm up with the intention of playing, according to a Miami Heat statement. So I assume that means they're going to play unless they somehow get hurt in warmups. Well, is that where Tyler Fear got hurt? Because no one, no one can I, point to the uh, right. when he injured his groin. I don't remember when this happened. He didn't, li- he didn't leave. I don't remember. I don't remember so, him leaving. Then maybe I just forgot about it because Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum left and Jimmy Butler wasn't playing and it was less significant. But Tyler Hero uh, out for game four. Chris Haynes just tweeted that uh, the plan is for him to be back for game five. So all these guys are getting hurt, and the plan is always to come back for the next game. So I'm not sure exactly what Miami is doing. Here's the thing. Groin injuries, like you said last time, he's not going from 80 to 100. Right. Those things are completely like weeks and weeks and weeks. They're like (laughs) hamstrings. Yeah. So maybe they're hoping, hey, he'll be good to go in 48 hours. Uh, One other update. This from the NFL, according to Adam Schefter, Kyler Murray will not be at the Cardinals OTAs this week as expected. All continues to remain quiet on his contract front for now. Um, this is all voluntary, correct? Yeah, the, this, man, the mini camp's mandatory. Yeah, the, the, we're still in voluntary, still voluntary thing here, even yeah. though like even vol- though anyone who misses is reported. Right. It's yes, it tends exactly. to be a pretty big deal if you the miss. eyes are raised right. and you know what's wrong and what's going on. Yes, but especially if it's now a guy he misses who's... mandatory minicamp, then that's a story. Right. That's so a story. what happens with Kyler Murray? Do they give him a new contract? They have they, don't they have to? I think they I have think they to? have to give him a new I mean, contract. It is the organization that one year after Josh Rosen was drafted, they were like, Hey, we don't care about that guy. We're drafting Kyler Murray. So if they don't believe that they can win with Kyler Murray getting paid forty million, maybe they move on from him. I maybe, but usually most teams in that scenario, most teams who have a quarterback who is as good as Kyler Murray has been. It signs of pay the quarterback, right? right? Like we've seen it. The Raiders have done it with Derek Carr like three times now where Carr is never proven to be. Oh yeah. That guy, you have to have, he can win a Super Bowl for Right. But he's been good enough that you, you're more worried about the alternative without him that you're like, okay, we'll pay you because we, and that's what this league is. If you have anyone good at all, you pay them because they're so petrified of what might the, what might, like you said, what the alternative might be. But I do wonder maybe, Arizona takes a different approach to it and says, yeah, the alternative might suck, but we, we don't think we can win with you at 40 plus million dollars. So we're not going to do it. And we're going to draft a rookie or whatever. We're going to figure out what to do next quarterback. But I do wonder, because again, if you're the Cardinals right now and you believe in him, yeah, pay he's, him. he's signed by now. Right? Right, right. I mean, if you, if you believe in him, right, you'd the, be paying him. That That's the part that I, I, I get hung up on is if, if the Cardinals believed in him, I have to imagine they would have already signed him because a, they can sign him this off season and B he's already shown you that he's not happy. So how if, can't they believe in him at this point? Well, they haven't actually I mean, won I mean, anything yet. Right. How long I, has he been around? It, listen, I think it's fair to look at Kyler Murray and say, you're not going to win a Super Bowl If that guy's making $40 million, I don't think he's in that top five or six group. And he's very so to pay valuable. Him, you think you you're lessened elsewhere? Yeah, 
and he, he's very valuable. He's very valuable on his rookie contract because every yeah. pretty much everybody who's any good is competent is, right. is, good is on the valuable on the rookie right. contract. Right. But it's a fair question to always ask with a quarterback: Can you win if this guy's making whatever the going rate is, and he'd be about forty forty million, million at this point? Right? Can you win? And that's the conversation we have with Derek Carr all the time. Can you win with that guy? Well, he's it used to be twenty. Now it's like thirty-ish, and eventually it'll be forty. Can you win with that? And Carr and Kyler Murray, I think, are in the same sort of tier or class of maybe, but right. probably not. Like if you're paying that guy that much money, you need good players around them to actually win. Like I, I think he's in that category. And if a team decided, yeah, we're not going to pay him forty million because we don't think we can win with him at forty million, I would look and say. I understand what you're doing. It's a giant risk because you might draft a guy who sucks or you bring in a free agent that's just not very, like, we'll see what you do there, but I wouldn't be extremely surprised. Here's another update. Debo Samuel won't be at OTAs for the 49ers. Boy, none of these guys are showing up. Again, put it out there, OTAs are not mandatory, and if you, they re- the headlines happen when people miss mandatory minicamp. Anything yeah. mandatory they miss, then there's going to be a headline on it. Now, these guys are important guys, so I'm sure, you know, Schefter's tweeting this and people that, you know, fans of those teams are interested, but guys miss these things for a lot of reasons. Although I think we know the reasons these two right. are missing. These two are definitely <laughs> contract. Well, yes. Debo requested a trade, but wouldn't say why he requested a trade. Right. So we don't actually know what the issue is with the 49ers. Maybe it's simply contract related. Maybe he just, uh, we don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to play in San Francisco, whatever. But. Those two players. There's two players we know of it now. Does anybody miss for the Raiders? I don't think so. Who would it be? Waller well, and Renfro, Renfro showed up won't. to stuff last month. Because I think Renfro's so. pretty sure that, that extension's coming. <laughs> Carr's already tweeted it. Yeah. He better I mean, get it. <laughs> Vinny tweeted this morning he expects it to happen before the end of training camp. Waller, and they looked pretty chummy with the owner at the Aces game, waving at him across the court and jumping up for pizza slices. So I don't know if the next thing he does is miss OTAs. No, he's got to hold out for that new contract because he's excited <laughs> about the pizza <laughs> slices. He's I like, mean, if he's look, if he's that excited about a free pizza slice, then <laughs> may, maybe he needs more money. How long before he becomes a spokesman for that pizza company? He was pretty excited. It's he was jumping court, up and It's down. food court. There's no way the food court pizza is doing that, right? If it's the one you're thinking about, it does say I walked by it on the way to the car after the Aces game. New York style pizza, but it looked like maybe like you said. I don't know if it's a you know if it's a private business. Well, yeah, and that, and I don't. I don't think their food court level pizzas got the marketing budget to pay the Darren Waller uh, feed. They had to give out five thousand slices the other day, but so (laughs) okay. I do have a Darren Waller question for you, and with him at the Aces game, he's been to a lot of them, but he was sitting. He was sitting courtside, but he was in like those four seats that are between the scorer's table and the opponent's bench. Yeah. Are those good seats? Are those good seats because they're on the floor or because they're in front of the... um, You're next to the opposing team's And the coach is walking up and And the coach is constantly walking in front of you. I you see it all the time in the NBA where they have sure. the same setup. Oh, seats. and in the NBA, you could get really bad luck, and the coach is standing in front of you and never moves. I think those are horrible seats. What I if think they those were the are four terrible. In, seats. What if they were the four next to Becky Hammond? That's probably better because it's the team you're cheering for. I, well, I like to yell at people, so I would probably prefer to yell at the opposing team. But I think I still think they're horrible seats because the coach is in front of you. A big portion of the game. She's she was she right. was walking up and down. And then beyond that, 
referee positioning is brutal, right? Like just Mountain West tournament when we sit courtside for those yes. games. Yes. There's a lot of times where the ref will just right. position himself and you're trying to and we're like look around him. around him. Yeah. I think those are terrible seats. Awful. I even think Mark Davis, who sits on the opposite side from the benches. You think he's got bad seats? I think he's got bad seats, too. Because of the refs? Yeah. I, don't, I, do, I do not think courtside is the optimal place to be sitting. I don't think it is. Then where is it? I, I You want a little bit of elevation. So, like, like what, third, fifth row? Yeah. Five, six rows up is probably the optimal place to be sitting. A little bit of elevation off the court. But you so. don't yell at people during games. Well, not as a media member. No, if I was but there you, supporting my went, favorite team. If you went there... To the Aces, and you you weren't working that day, but it was the Aces against somebody, and the other team was, I don't know, pulling something you didn't like. Would you yell? Aces game. If I was in an Astros game sitting in the front row and could yell at the opponent, yes, I would probably You would yell yell at the opponent? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go. I'm going to Astros games in June, and we're going to sit. I think we're six rows into right field, so I'll yell at the right fielders. You will? Yeah, of course. Why not? If they, like, drop the ball, if they screw up out there, absolutely I'm going to yell at that guy. Oh, my God. Tyler, Tyler's the fan who's going to cause the player to climb up the wall and say, hey, come on down and say it to my face. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, if the guy messes, I'm not just going to ran- randomly start heckling the guy, but if he drops the ball. And your fiance's okay with this? She's not going. I'm going with some friends. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Okay. But yeah, if yeah, if it was my favorite team and I'm right next to the opponent, yeah, I'd yell at him. Really? Yeah, but is she okay course. with the heckling yeah. if she was there? Uh, or are you more tame? She'd if be reading a book. Her? She wouldn't know. She'd have no idea. Yeah, I gotta be attention. honest with you. Probably yell at Roberts on the pitching. Yo, of course you would. <laughs> on the pitching. If you were sitting by the dugout and you saw him peek his head out, ready to make a pitching change or something, yeah. or whatever, not ready to make a pitching change, I'd, you'd be yelling at him the whole time. I'd yell more at the guy who comes in with the three-run lead and walks right. the Right, you'd be shot. like, don't I'd, bring in Bickford. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, that nothing, nothing, nothing would lead to me screaming more than some stiff when they've got a three-run lead who comes in and walks the first guy. And it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And I just don't get it. One five down the middle, brother. And if they hit it, they hit it. But you're you're trying to paint corners, and you've got a three down run the lead. <laughs> one five right here. One five down the middle, and then all of a sudden, it's it's you're walking guys that drives He's trying me, to strike guys out, Ed, not that give up homers. Crazy. I, I I hate that more than anything. So yes, if it, if anything pushed me to yell See, at, at Roberts or pitchers, I would. I'd mostly yell at pitchers. I don't think I'd yell at like position players. I don't know if I'd yell at them. If they drop the ball, you got to heckle them. If you're in right field and the other team's right fielder makes an error, you have to yell at that guy. Those are the rules of baseball. Those are the rules. Who yes. rules rules? So, th- those are just the rules. If it's you're one of the many rules, if, if it's baseball, the outfielders are isolated. But if they can hear you, you have to yell at them. You don't have to yell at them just for standing there. But if they like, if they like drop a fly ball. Or they screw up trying to like. They I mean, throw I think I, I think miss- more than yell, I would cheer. Well, yeah, you cheer. I'd be happy. You cheer that when it happens, up. and then when the play's over and it's quieted down, you yell at the right fielder. What you bum? Nice arm. Yeah, you just call him a bum or something like that. You got to let him know he screwed up, so the next time he screws up again. Danny, if that- you yell at people, oh no, <laughs> no, I don't think I ever have. Like I got. I got so close this weekend because I, I coached my stepdaughter's volleyball team, and I got so close this weekend to yelling in our game. Oh, no, you're yelling at children's games? 
I was I was gonna yell at the score person because oh yes she was taking away our points and giving them <laughs> to the other team. And you I mean like, on on accident though? She doesn't know how to do math. It's adding one point every time, but she would <laughs> right, take every it time away. You get the yeah. how, how old was the scorekeeper? Uh, older than eighteen. Oh, that's rough. How yeah, old are the okay. kids you're t- coaching? Uh, ten. You're yelling at ten-year-old volleyball. Games? No, no. He said he's yelling at the twenty-year-old. Yeah, you're still, you're still yelling. Keep the score at this point. Hey, he didn't. He's you did it. I, I, no, I didn't. I was yeah. quiet. You should okay. have though. I was oh, quiet. Ed, I showed my frustration, softball. but I didn't. Yeah. If you had, if you scored two runs on some double and they took the points away from you on the scoreboard, I was jumping off the bucket. Right. <laughs> I was jumping off the bucket. You're taking the. You're scoring yes. the game yes. wrong. I was jumping off the bucket. And the reason, <laughs> the run. reason why I didn't like yell is because I realized it was a kids game. Now, if I was coaching older kids, like late middle school, early high school, or oh, uh, if you're like a high school volleyball coach I'm and they're yelling. screwing it up, I'm yelling. Yeah. Yeah, you should have right. done it with a ten-year-olds too. I mean, you're I not think... yelling at the ten-year-old. You're just yelling, "Hey, you're scoring the game wrong." It's okay. We had parents doing that. They were, they <laughs> oh, were you got her. okay. You got we had we had parents teaching her how to add, how to subtract. It was cool. <laughs> but there's no subtracting in volleyball. No, you're just you win the you point. They're points. giving you a point. Not how this league is. <laughs> this yeah, I volley- get it. This volleyball might sound more fun. To be completely honest, I did get. There were times during softball. Yeah, there were. You times. probably yelled when the count was wrong on the scoreboard. There were times. I'll yes, just, I'll leave it at that. Of course, there were times. Of course, because if you don't, guess what? The scoreboard's just wrong, and now your team's screwed. Yeah, I. It was not good. But as far as going back to the point, as far as yelling at players, I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think I've ever. I can't say I've never done it. Recently, well, like Tyler said, most times. Unless he's at an Astro game where there is media, so it's we're not going to yell then. I mean, <laughs> that would be great. I hope that that would be actually <laughs> would pretty be... <laughs> funny. I mean, there are some there are some locally, but uh, no, um, I don't think I've done that in a long time. I not and at home against the TV. I mean, my screen must oh, have uh, you know come That's close to cracking. Story, That's a whole man. different story. Come close to cracking thousands of times with how much I've yelled oh, screens. During during hockey season when the Capitals are on and they blow a two goal lead and then <laughs> still lose in regulation, everything's up for grabs. <laughs> I don't think I've sat close enough to yell at an athlete in a long time, though. Oh, you mean your seats? Yeah, like I, I'm, all the sporting events I've been to in the last since COVID was over, I haven't been close enough to. To where anybody would hear me. Well, I guess it appears you will be in June. Yeah, it will be. Six rows up. In right field. Yes. You like that better than in between first and second six rows. No, you'd like that. You Do you want to be behind the plate in baseball? No, I'd prefer to sit down one of the baselines. I think that's right. the best place to sit. But I don't think I've I don't think I've ever sat in the outfield of a game. So we're going to sit in the outfield of a game and catch a home run, yell at the right fielder. What stadium? Minute Maid Park in Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Houston. Going to catch a home run ball, hopefully. From the Astros and not the other team. Do I throw back a home run ball if the other team hits it? Nah, you'd keep it. Who are they playing? Miami. Nah, nah. who cares? Yeah, it's not a rival or nah, anything. you keep so it. If it's a go-ahead ninth inning home run, I'm throwing it back. Oh, so you're right field beyond the fence, not down the baseline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Oh, yeah, okay. Six right. rows into the, yeah, catching yeah, a home run You might catch ball. one. I How many games are you going to? We're going to sit there once and we'll sit somewhere else for the second game. Okay. Most likely. Better yeah, catch one. That'd be cool. I mean, we're probably going to go early enough for batting practice. That's what I was going to say. You go to batting practice, yeah. you got a shot. So, but you can also sit wherever you want during batting practice. Yeah. So we could go stand wherever. All right. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs.
Bischoff's briefs. I'm asking you if you know the difference between right and wrong. I discovered at a very early age that if I talk long enough, I could make anything right or wrong. Bischoff's briefs. So either I'm God or truth is relative. Bischoff's briefs. And in either case, booyah. Bischoff's briefs. Ed, you woke up Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, and you watched the final games of the Premier League season, didn't you? I didn't need to. I just woke up at 8 o'clock and turned on Twitter. Okay. I mean, I, there was there were every, everything that happened. There was a update from about 50 of the people of uh, on my timeline. Fun day. Um, so Man City entered the final day of the season one point ahead, Liverpool, ahead of Liverpool. Uh, and they had a big advantage on goal difference. So if they finished tied, Man City would still win. Uh, basically, though, if Man City beat Aston Villa on the final day of the season, they won the league no matter what. But if they lost or tied and Liverpool beat Wolves, then Liverpool would pass them and win the title. The great thing about the Premier League is that on the final day, all the games start at the same time. They do that so nobody right. has like an advantage of knowing a result and they don't have to play or do need to play, whatever. But in the 75th minute, Man City was losing to Aston Villa 2 nothing in the 75th minute. At the same time, Liverpool was tied 1-1 with Wolves. So at that moment, if Man City didn't score again and Liverpool scored once, Liverpool would win the title, right? Right. Liverpool went on to score two more goals against Wolves and win 3-1. But Man City had one of the best finishes for the final day in Premier League history. Down 2-0 in the 75th minute, Man City scored in the 76th minute, the 78th minute, and the 81st minute to take a 3-2 lead. Three goals in roughly six minutes to take the lead and ultimately win the championship. It was incredible. And you know what's fun? It's not even Man City's best final day clinching scenario that they've ever had. Back in 2012, they were down 2-1 to QPR, scored in the 92nd and 94th minutes to win 3-2 and clinch that. That year, they clinched the title over Man United, their biggest rival. Uh, but the final final game of the season, always terrific. It was a lot of fun. Should've oh, there up. were, I mean, Twitter blew up. You yeah. should have seen some of the responses I saw on Twitter. It's great. You could have watched excited. it. Could have watched it all. Could have. Yeah. Should have. Would have. I had Did my not. three TVs all on Premier League soccer games. It was a lot of fun. Could've... Why'd you watch the third game? Well, I actually had Arsenal on the main screen. And oh, then, that's your team. And then Liverpool and Man City games on the smaller screens. Yeah. So you had to watch your team even though it meant nothing. It did mean something. If they had won and Tottenham had lost, Arsenal would have finished fourth and gone to the Champions League next year. But they Tottenham won, so Arsenal's not in the Champions League. So your team didn't get make the Champions League. No, they blew it till they blew it big time. They were up four points with three games to play on Tottenham and blew it. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, The other fun soccer story. Killian. By the way, does that get the manager sacked? No, that was a good thing for Arsenal. They were projected to finish like eighth this year. Okay, and they finished. They overachieved. Yeah. Now. They still blew it. They still should have finished fourth, but season long, long term outlook. It he was, was a fine. successful season. Okay. Last month or so of the season, complete disaster. But overall, was better than expected. Um, Killing Mbappe is actually going to stay with PSG. There were reports that he had agreed to a deal with Real Madrid, but he's not going there. He's staying with PSG. Twenty three years old. Probably the best player in the world. We're probably talking about him and like Erling Haaland for the next decade as as like the two best players in soccer. But here's the fascinating part about this. La Liga, which is the league that Real Madrid plays in. La Liga is filing a complaint to UEFA about Mbappe staying with PSG. And here's what their complaint says. 
It is scandalous that a club like PSG, which last season reported losses of more than 220 million euros after accumulating losses of more than 700 million euros in prior seasons, and with a squad cost of around 650 million for this season, can close such an agreement. While those clubs that could afford the hiring of the player without seeing their wage bill compromised are left without the ability to sign him. These are two of the 10 richest soccer teams in In the the world. world. And one of them is mad that the (laughs) other one signed a player for a whole bunch of money. They're filing a complaint because they couldn't buy killing Mbappe. They're upset that PSG has, you know, reported losses and they're still able to pay what's going to be well, one of the biggest they've reported contracts losses, ever. They're like most American right. franchises. Right. <laughs> and they are filing a complaint to complain that some other rich team, that they couldn't buy all the good players. Real Madrid's about to play for the Champions League final on Sunday. And they're complaining that they couldn't simply buy the best player in the world because somebody it's else wonderful. was able to buy him. What's worse? That... Or Alabama complaining that Texas A&M is paying its recruits. Uh, can I please say Alabama just for the Jimbo Fisher press conference? I didn't watch the I didn't watch the uh, Real Madrid press conference. That's true. We haven't. Anything. I don't know. If I, if I don't know. If good. PSG and Real Madrid have two dudes who are going back and forth. We'll have to check on like Madrid Zone. I'll have yeah. to see if they've got any so updates. Have, for Madrid us. Zone. Yes. We're we're huge fans of Madrid Zone. Love I am. that I know Twitter that. account. Yeah, it's beautiful. So um, I would say. I have to say Alabama only because of Jimbo Fisher. Because he's fun? Yeah, because of the press conference. He was out of his mind. You have in two scenarios, right? You have Alabama, who has been the best recruiting team in college football for more than a decade, complaining that they finished second in recruiting yeah. rankings to Texas A&M. And in this scenario, you have Real Madrid, who, again, playing for the Champions League final on Sunday, what I don't know what they're at, fifth most rich richest team in the world, fourth, I don't know what it is, complaining that PSG, who's probably like eighth or ninth, spent too much money on a player. To keep, to, on the best player in the world. Right. What are we doing here? Like what what on earth are we doing here? Like they're that upset that they couldn't just buy the best player in the world. <laughs> like you're still good. Your entire team didn't count on you signing Kylian Mbappe to a massive deal. It's just it's just ridiculous. So what's UEFA gonna do? Laugh? They'll, I mean, they'll do an investigation. Investigation and, into what? Well, okay. We have a lot of money and we're, we're paying the best player in the world? There are like fake rules in Europe where it's like called uh, FIFA fair play. I don't know what the rules are, but like it's supposed to limit teams from just spending ungodly amounts. You're supposed to like spend as much as you uh, bring in. And if they're report, that's that's Real Madrid's okay. argument is they're reporting losses. So how can they spend all this okay. money? But not, teams get fined like five euros, and it's like okay, like it's yeah. not it's not a real thing. You have to abide. They're not gonna by. they're not gonna terminate the deal, right? They're not gonna take the player away from PSG. Right. It's just it is what it is. They just kind of exist, and it, there it's there as like a token of hey, you don't have as much money as Real Madrid's. You can still compete because we're gonna punish them if they spend too much right. money. When in reality, that never happens. You just keep spending. And I would assume spending they would just spending. take the player and be okay with whatever fine. Right. They get. It's not going to matter. Yeah. Though they probably wouldn't even get a fine at the end of the day. It's probably just going to be, oh, we didn't find anything. Real Madrid, go away. Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez joins the show.
It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now from ESPN is Paul Gutierrez. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Paul. What's happening, guys? How you guys doing today? Good. Uh, give us a prediction. Do you think anybody holds out for the Raiders from OTAs? See, every time I hear that, I go back to Rocky Three. Pain. Prediction <laughs> is pain. Um, no, I, I don't think so. I, again, I always hate that when I answer a question, I don't think you can know or you don't, right? But the guys, the major characters, the major players have been there the entire time. So um, the guy that I would have looked at if he hadn't got his extension done by this point would have been Derek Carr. But um, no, I seems like everything's going forward as it would have been fun if Derek Carr didn't get his contract that could have been an actual conversation huh yeah that would have been something to write about right uh, but then again I've, I've been told that yeah well you're right because that's what I was told right was that uh, that was one of the reasons Derek wanted his, uh, his extension was that that way I could write about him and talk about him so, no. <laughs> that's right <laughs> at least Paul has something else to write about <laughs> forget the exact quote um you Talk to me about uh, where you think and when you think these deals might come, if they can come, for people like Renfro and Waller. I mean, before training camp, at the end of training camp, or do you think there's a chance neither get them before the season starts? Um, the fact that uh, there is – thanks for reminding me of this. I actually have the story to do this week. <laughs> kind of scooping myself here a little bit. Uh, the, the post-June 1st designation cuts uh, are right. going to get the Raiders another $20 million. So whether they apply those things towards extensions, which – wouldn't really be that much of a hit right now, depending upon how they, they structure them, or if they use that for guys that are still out there to bring in some more reinforcements. Um, that's when it, it, it should happen. That's when it most likely will happen. I, I, and I don't see either of those guys really uh, holding out for an extension either. Are they due for one? Absolutely. Do they need to be paid? Ask Derek Carr because he said so himself. Um, but post-June 1st is when all these things are going to really kind of start to, to take uh, take some sort of semblance of, of, of It'll look real at that point. I know I've asked you this question during the off season when you've come on before, but they haven't really addressed it. Are the five starters for week one on the offensive line currently on the roster? I'm going to say no. Uh, I think there's still somebody out there. I did it again. There are still players out there that, that can come in and, and, um, and help out. I believe um, we're looking at a 90 man roster right now. Do we, you know, if you were to pencil something in right now, you, no doubt you you absolutely could. And you go left to right. In my mind, right now, I'm looking at uh, Colt Miller. Uh, I'm looking at uh, the first round or their first pick at, at left guard, Parham. Looking at the center, Andre James. Uh, and then here's where I think it gets interesting. I think Denzel Good is actually the key to this whole thing. People forget how 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 good Good played a couple of years ago. I mean. Again, going back to Derek Carr and, and John Gruden at the time, so the kid was probably their MVP of that 2020 season. Uh, I think you kind of put him there at, at, at right guard, and then uh, Alex Leatherwood, then you put him back out there at right tackle and see how he can handle things with, with uh, a veteran next to him at right guard. That, again, is right here on day one of OTAs. That is what it kind of looks like to me in my mind. It's going to be interesting to see what it actually looks like the morning when we're actually allowed to go out there and see them line up, if they actually line up for our benefit. But but that's kind of where I am right now at the offensive line. <laughs> They're just going to stretch and jog around when we're out there, I bet. It's like, okay, <laughs> these schmucks are out here. Let's not line up and show them anything. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's what I think is going to be interesting about OTAs is the way that, that Josh McDaniels kind of, you know, it's kind of the quote-unquote patriot way, as it were, right now anyway, um, with the, the secrecy and the not really knowing things. And he's been good in the availability. 
a lot of access and a lot of viewing before actual training camp begins. So, again, hard to make real predictions when you don't really know what this product looks like. How many weeks into the season before we get a uh, we're on to Cincinnati type moment from Josh McDaniels? Uh, it depends on how they look in week one. If they go to, <laughs> to L.A. And, and get whacked by the Chargers. Yeah, you're absolutely we're on to the Cardinals in week two. There's no doubt about that. Um, that you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's going to be interesting though to see where Josh is. Josh, I mean, like I said, a couple seconds ago, he won that opening press conference by saying he learned a lot about himself and how to deal with people on on a, on a personal level uh, from his first coaching stint with, with Denver. Does he stay on that path, or do you just kind of go back to who you were when when that first hit? Going to be one of the main storylines of the season. I feel like. And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you've had different experiences, but it feels like the majority of Raiders fans are looking at this year's team as, okay, uh, they had double-digit wins last year. Devontae Adams is here. They'll have an actual head coach for an entire season, presumably. Uh, they're going to be better than last year, which sets them up for 11 wins, 12 wins. But, like, sports books have them at 8.5. Are we going to have a really weird season where if the Raiders, like, win eight or nine games, it'll be what everybody expected outside of the fan base while the fan base is disappointed? I believe so, be only, simply because this, we're entering into the unknown. If, if you look at all that and you say, hey, you know, they went to the playoffs, they, they went on that winning streak, they, they won 10 games despite all the adversity that they, they endured and, 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 and played with, and, and they, add, they got better on the roster. Well, guess what, guys? They're also hitting reset. You don't know how these guys are going to react to an entirely, not just a new system, but a new culture. This actually, it reminds me back to, you know, I've covered this team since 2005. It reminds me of when Dennis Allen came in in 2012. In 2011, that offense was humming under Hugh Jackson. They went 8-8. Eight and eight. They got upset at home in the last game of the season in a win-in-your-end game against the Chargers in Oakland. And Hugh Jackson lost his mind and lost his job as a result in the press conference afterwards. The next year, I, I you know, pieces and predictions are, you know, like opinions, right? Everybody's got them. Um... And I predicted that they wouldn't do as well. And, and fans came after me. You're a hater. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a Charger fan, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I was like, look, I cannot predict what this team is going to do when we don't know what Dennis Allen is going to do with this team yet. We've got to see a product on the field, not even in preseason, but in regular season games. And when it, you know, the smoke cleared, Dennis Allen was a defensive-minded coach who they hired to bring in, and instead he ruined the offense, which had been the team's strength by, by – changing everything over there. So I'm not saying Josh McDaniels is coming in and ruining anything. I mean, this, this should be an upgrade from a Dennis Allen, who had never been a head coach ever before. Josh McDaniels can come in and show off his six Super Bowl rings to, to guys and, and say, look, I, I, I know what I'm doing, and you guys should, should get in line and follow. But until they actually take the field and play a real game, we just don't know. So long answer to your short question. Yeah, I, I believe that uh, fans could be set up for, for a fall here. Or this could be something just amazing and then just takes off, especially if, if Derek Carr is in a good spot, if Devontae Adams is in a good spot, that line holds up and the defense is much better than it was last year. A lot of ifs. Uh, beyond the offensive line, when you get to OTAs, what position, maybe corner, that you'll be looking at most that maybe people think, yeah, they did some things, but they just didn't do enough? Uh, actually, the secondary and, and really at safety. I mean, they... You know, there was an assignment we had a couple weeks ago, which was which player benefited the most, which player benefited the most from the draft. And I was going to say Jonathan Abram because they didn't draft his replacement 
And and that's the thing with the sickness. They didn't really seem to do much back there. And that's where I think that there are some guys still out there that they could um, they could find that are still out there after the June first uh, cuts come back to the salary cap. So that is where I really want to watch and see what they're doing. If certain guys are going to step up. Other than that, I want to see what Josh Jacobs' reaction is to them bringing in so many different running backs. <laughs> uh, Anderson Hunt went into the uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Who are your five favorite running rebels of all time? Beautiful, beautiful. I, I was going to see. I was going to ask if it wasn't going to be about Mayans and, and Coco's demise. And I was going to ask, uh, aren't you guys Hold talking on. about? <laughs> Hold on. Easy's oh, going after the Suns. About Anderson. Easy's going my after the Suns. Yeah, my all-time five favorite. Um, Geez, Larry, Stacy, J.R. Ryder, because I went to school with him. <laughs> a couple, of, yeah, I use that phrase loosely, but we were on campus at the same time. Uh, there's three. I'm gonna go Sydney Green, and then uh, let's go Reggie Theus. All right. All right. So Reggie Theus, Sydney Green, J.R. Ryder, and Stacy Ogman and Larry Johnson. All right, it's a fun five. All right, what do you what do you got for him on this? I know we had to ask. No, him I mean about Easy's this. going after the Suns. I don't know what any of this so, means, though. So, you guys uh, brought this up last I mean, time. I don't gonna, know what any of it is. It's going to be wonderful. We'll see what happens. You know, uh, when the Suns hit him uh, in Oakland, um, someone said, "Did Chibs sign off on this?" And he said, yes, so I'm assuming Chibs is still Presidente of uh, Suns. And they're really trying to obviously bring back the Suns into the, the last season here because people loved uh, SOA so much. But, uh, I I mean, Easy obviously survives this, right? I mean, he, not only is he a star, he produces half the shows. <laughs> and he stays in great shape by simply doing burpees. That's the, the most yes, impressive exactly. part to me is all he yes. does is burpees and he's jacked. Yes. So I'm going to go do some burpees when I get off the phone with you guys. He is jacked. You like the last season? <laughs> Uh, I like the fact that some guys are going out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, you know, that's always one of the things. It's like, oh, Coco, okay, well, I yeah. didn't really care for him, but then he was starting to become a, a likable figure again. Now I'm like, okay, time for Bishop to, to meet his end. No, nope, yes. they're going to let him survive. So, yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It's kind of, it, it, you can tell, sense that it's starting to circle the drain a little bit. But uh, yeah, when a good show like lets its good characters go, then you know that, okay, something's up. They've kind of written almost off a little, which I find. Uh, yeah, I like him. I like uh, uh, Edward James, but uh, uh, James Edward is it? I'm trying to think, is it James Edward almost? Edward James. Uh, Edward, Edward, Edward James. James. Yeah, they've kind of uh, uh, taken back on his character a little. Except yeah, for the so lost trying to figure baby. out what. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got kids all over the place too. So who knows? All right, whatever TV show this is, <laughs> go watch it. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> all right, guys, take care. There's Paul oh, Gutierrez from My ESPN. End. Oh, it's great. Mayans on Netflix. Fox. Oh, it's on real TV. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah okay. Sounds good. What's it about? A motorcycle clubs. It was a, it's an offshoot from one of the great great TV programs ever, Sons of Anarchy. And the Mayans were their main you know, opposing motorcycle club that they yeah. had the issues with. So the offshoot of Sons of Anarchy was Mayans. I see. Yeah, it's great. Sons of Anarchy. Never? Nope. Oh. I'm wondering, Danny, would he like it? No, he wouldn't. Okay. Why would you why would you think I have I had seen Sons of Anarchy? It was such a great show. It, it was a really good show, but something about it tells me you wouldn't get into it. Well, I don't get into most things. I mean, usually if I sit down and watch something, I enjoy it. I just don't usually take the time to sit down and watch it because I got I gotta watch three soccer. Did games. you ever watch one of the other greatest shows ever, Friday Night Lights? No, we've talked about this. No. We have? That yeah. was a good show. Yeah. That was a good show. I just got These done good... rewatching it. 
like a month ago. Rewatched it. Yeah. yeah. yeah remember, it's a, we had, it's a rewatch show. Remember, right. we had Damon on who has watched Friday Night Lights. Oh, that's and right. He, he asked had, that yes. question about which of the following things didn't happen. And it yes. was like the three most ridiculous things you could think of. Yes. And all of them <laughs> happened in the show. Yes. Yeah. One thing I did like about that TV show is that they used people from the movie as well. Yes, somebody did. I thought that was cool. Somebody went but to he, Mexico for a medical procedure or something like that. He was paralyzed, and he went there to get like a stem cell yeah. uh, research. Some poor kid had to take the blame for a murder or something like that. Yeah. 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 I I remember <laughs> Demond asking us those questions and me being like, this is the most well, ridiculous things that have ever happened. The kid did do it, so he didn't take the blame for someone else. He did do it, but... Spoilers, Danny. What happens when I watch this? <laughs> hey, a 15-year-old show is not spoilers anymore. That's, uh, that is a fair point. Coming up next, uh, find out what else I haven't watched. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Ed, how are you feeling about Max Muncy today? Oh, what a bum. <laughs> took, took the offensive struggles onto the field and... Uh, Ball laid him up, and uh, they lose the game. Walk off error yeah, by the second good. baseman would have would have won the game if he fields it cleanly, fields throws, it throws the ball to first. To, to three minutes over the game's, game's over, over. but instead misplays it, and the runner on third and the runner on second scored. I called it though when um, I called it when they brought. Um, I'm trying to think who it was, and they brought in, and I said, "Oh, he's going to give it up." Um, a pitcher? Yeah. You're you're blaming the bullpen even when Max Muncy yeah, I know. fumbles I blame, the ground I blame ball? Mun- I blame Muncy more. <laughs> I wonder how long they're going to stay with him. Muncy? I mean, he's at least like Justin Turner's coming out of it. He had three hit. I mean, Justin Turner's coming out of his slump. He's over the Mendoza at this point, um, which is good for him given how bad he, badly he started. But Muncy, man, I don't know how long you stay with him. You know, there's Rios. There's, there's guys on the bench who have produced. I, I don't know, man. I'm serious. I don't. He he just can't get out of it. He they, he had bases loaded yesterday, and he watched one. And he's a got a great eye. I mean, he leads the team and walks. He yeah, and he watched one right down the middle. I mean, he is scuffling, man. He, there's something wrong with this dude. He has only 19 hits on the year. He's hitting 156, but he has 31 walks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and and now he's looking at pitches right down the middle with the bases loaded and one out in a three-two game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's something wrong with him. So now wait, he's bringing his offense to defense. I don't like he's that. Fumbling the ball at second like base. So wait, who's playing second base instead of him? Well, Lux would. Ah, Gavin Lux. Yeah. Okay. He's not that good either. He made some errors too. But he's better than 156 at the plate. Oh yeah, yeah. That's really bad. He can't hit right now. He can't hit. He hasn't hit all season. What are we? 30, 40 games. Yeah. In? I mean, Bet started off poorly. Now he's on fire. But Bet started off poorly for like ten days. Right. Not 40 games. No, not 40 games. Yeah. Exactly. Like, everybody's going to have... Justin Turner started off poorly, but now he's he's trying to come back. Yeah, like, everybody's going to have a two-week stretch during the season where they just kind of suck. My but... second favorite player on the team is really scuffling, Chris Taylor. They had to give him they had to give him yesterday off, and he started off hot. He was like three-something for the first, you know, week and a half, ten days, um, and uh, now he's really hurting. Chris Taylor, second... Or actually, first on the team in strikeouts. Yeah, he's even stri- more than Cody Bellinger. I know more than more than that guy, <laughs> which which tells you all you need to know. Swinging through fastballs, still. <laughs> I I think right now the Padres are better. The Dodgers right. are still winning the division. They're, aren't by they? a half game, right, right now the Padres are better. Have you seen Machado lately? Yeah, he's really good this year, isn't he? Gosh, the, the heck out of the ball. So. I kind of feel bad for the Giants. Well, no, they won the division last year. But, like, if okay, if you look at the National League right now, 
In the NL East, there is one team above 500. It's the Mets. The Mets. Everybody else in that division is right. under 500 at 19 and 22 is Atlanta. But the NL West, there are three teams above 500. Yeah. If the if the Giants were just simply in the NL East, they'd be in second place. Yeah. And like, like two get three games right. out of first. But they're in third place and five. They're games five out. games back Hell, to the Dodgers. I feel bad for the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are 21 and 22. I never feel sorry for them. They'd be the second best team in the East and the third best team in the Central. Instead, they're the fourth best team in the West. You don't feel bad for the Diamond? What are the Diamondbacks? I don't feel bad then? for anybody. Oh, okay. Including Max Muncie. I don't feel bad for that guy. <laughs> you throw a remote at Max Muncie? I was not happy. <laughs> I wouldn't be either. That's like Let's one of the honest. worst errors you can Let's make. Let's be honest. I was not happy. You oh, should... the ball ate him up. 